0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Worship at Bull Helby. We've had some good news this week from the First Minister, which is saying that uh, faith groups can go back to their places of worship by the end of March. So hopefully that will be in time for Easter. But uh, keep watching Facebook, uh, the website, and reading your emails. and We'll keep you informed as the Kirk Session takes decisions about uh, the way forwards here for us. So there is a wee bit of light at the end of the tunnel which is encouraging and we're going to begin this morning as we continue our studies in John's Gospel uh, as we we sing together a a new hymn which you you probably won't know that's produced by a group called New Scottish Hymns and it's just called Let Your Light Shine in the Darkness. Let's worship God together. See? Let's join our hearts together in prayer now. Let's pray together. Lord, we praise you for the wonder of this world that you've made and for placing us in it and giving us life. We bless you that our world has been filled with so many beautiful things and so many kind and understanding people. We praise you for your grace towards us and your compassion towards all that you have made. We thank you that when your world turned its back on its maker, you didn't reject us or hide your love from us. But in Christ, you entered our world, taking on human nature, that you might redeem and restore it and become our second Adam. Thank you for all that Jesus achieved for us in his life, death resurrection and ascension and for the power of the Spirit who brings those blessings home to us in the reality of our everyday lives. Lord, we praise you for the Spirit's coming to give us strength and to enable us to grow and empower us to walk in the way of Jesus. And we praise you for all whose words and deeds, whose lives of caring, faithful witness to Christ Reflect your love at work in your fallen world. Father, we thank you for bringing your Spirit's healing presence into our lives. And yet we confess that so often we forget about you and set off into the day with scarcely a thought in your direction. Forgive us for being the kind of people we are for not doing a better job of reflecting your love and goodness to the world, giving them reasons to believe. Lord, shine on us, shine through us, and may we in all our God-given individuality share the light that you've given us and point others back to its source. So hear these and all our silent prayers, which we offer in and through the name of Jesus Christ, our friend and our Saviour, who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, John chapter 1, and reading verses 6 to 9, and then 19 to 28. We're hearing about uh, the story of John the Baptist. And Doreen Crawford is going to read for us this
1: morning. John chapter 1 verses 6 to 9 and 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing.
0: Every now and again, I wish that we got to hear a wee bit more from some of the ordinary folk in the Bible. The people who were faithful, but whose names we never get to know. People who didn't write parts of the Bible or have a a book in the Bible named after them. The kind of people that kids in Sunday school don't get to colour in pictures of or do word searches about. People who were ordinary and yet encountered God in some way and through which their ordinary lives were transfigured into something very different, something deeper, and more meaningful, maybe even more beautiful than before. Maybe I'm doing a disservice to men and women like Abraham and Sarah, Peter and Paul, Mary and John the Baptist, but their stories are so well known and so celebrated that we end up forgetting that they were ordinary people too before God turned their lives around. But in our mind, because their stories are so clearly written in the Bible, we tend to put them on pedestals, folk to look up to and and admire, but somehow on a different spiritual plane from the rest of us. God spoke to them in remarkable ways and he did amazing things through them. But if we're honest, we haven't experienced much that would count as amazing on our journey of faith. Maybe the odd glimmer here and there, but no miraculous conceptions, no signs and wonders, no sudden shining revelations to wow people and to share with them. We're just us getting on with life. And the danger is that we acquiesce into that and expect nothing of God, or we expect far too much of ourselves and other people and end up disappointed on the journey of faith. So today as we turn to the story of John the Baptist, as we find him written about in John's gospel, I'm less interested in telling you the Baptist's story than I am in showing you the connection between his story and ours. Because the call on John's life and the call on yours and mine are exactly the same although the working out of them will be as different and as unique as each one of us. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light but he came to testify to the light. John the Baptist came as a witness and the Greek word there is marturia, from which we get the English word martyr. But what is a witness? Well, a witness is somebody who's seen something, who has been there and can speak about what happened with some authority. It's somebody who's got insight that others may not have, and is being called to share it. And John is very much a witness. At the start of his ministry, with all the fire and conviction of the prophets of old, John is witnessing to God's desire that people get past the formality and the outward forms of religion and encounter God in a deeper and more personal way. You don't need the temple system, he's saying, much to the annoyance of those who ran the temple system. What you need is to deal seriously with God for yourselves, and you can start by being washed clean in the waters of baptism. Public confession of sins, going down into the waters as naked as the day you were born, John's baptism wasn't for the faint-hearted or the half-hearted. He was witnessing that we can deal with God by ourselves, but that when we do, we need to deal seriously with him. This is life-changing stuff when we truly understand it. And even though John didn't know his name, he was also witnessing to one who would come after him and do even more for God's people than he had been able to do. Behold, he said, one comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. The one he was preparing the way for was his own cousin, Jesus, though he didn't realise that till the day of Jesus' baptism when the Spirit descended on him. But from then on, John knew exactly who Jesus was and he made it his business to point other people to him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in time, with John's encouragement, people began to follow Jesus and actually move away from John. But he had the good grace to say, this is how it should be. He must increase and I must decrease. John understood that it was never about him. It was always about his witness to the light that he had come to know. And that's our connection with John's story. We have the same commission to be witnesses, to testify to the light so that others might come to believe. But the outworking of that will be as unique as our own fingerprints. We don't have to be like John. We have to learn to be ourselves in Christ. Faithfully representing him to the world through our own character and personality. I tend to think in pictures, and I had a I had a picture in mind when I came to to think about this uh, this morning. I'm sure many of you will recognise this image. It's the the cover of um, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, showing the refraction of um, white light into its constituent colours. And it was Newton who first explained what was happening when you pass white light through a prism. Although folk had known about the phenomenon for many years before. White light is actually uh, a mixture of coloured light rays and because those different colours have different wavelengths they get deviated by different amounts when they're passed through a medium like water or like glass. I know this is beginning to sound a bit like a physics lesson but in nature we end up with the rainbow spectrum that we're so familiar with. But my thought this morning was what happens when Christ shines through the medium of our individual personalities? Maybe the spectrum that's generated in each one of us looks different. Maybe some are good with words and explanations and witness to God in that way. Maybe others are better at making God known as they relate to people. Some might point to God through their creativity, others in their compassion and their kindness, still others in the practical help that they're able to offer to others. By God willing, we might have all of those colours in our spectrum to some degree, but we'll naturally, I think, find ourselves giving out one or two colours in particular. We don't have to be the same As one another, which is thoroughly good news. Because I can't be you and you can't be me. None of us can be John the Baptist or Paul or Mary or Moses. But we can be ourselves. But we have to be ourselves in the light. Placing ourselves in the light. You can't pass on the light unless it's already passing through you. You can't give witness to what you don't already know for yourself. So with that picture in mind, here are a few questions to be thinking about. And I'm gonna give you a few minutes now, just with some music, to do just that. Here are the questions. How am I consciously placing myself in the light of Christ? What disciplines help keep me in company with Him? Secondly, what feels most natural for me when it comes to sharing God's light with others? So words, actions, relationships, creativity. It'd be different for each of us. What feels most natural for you? And then lastly, where is the Christ light that I can pass on most needed just now? Have a think about those questions now for a few minutes and you might want to jot down some of the things that you're thinking about. We've been thinking about John's commission and ours to be witnesses, to testify to the light so that others might believe. And we're beginning to understand that testifying doesn't necessarily mean arguing or debating or proving. It's just sharing what you've come to know of Christ in whatever ways feel most natural for you. My congregation have heard me say this a dozen times before, but I will keep saying it for the sake of those who haven't heard it. There's a story that St Francis had discipled a group of young men for two years. And as he sent them out into the world as missionaries, he left them with these words. He said, now go and preach the gospel at all times. Use words if you have to. There are many ways to get across the message of Christ. And that brings me to another metaphor for witness, which is that of being a signpost, something that quietly but very definitely points the way. I heard a story a while back about an American couple who were touring in the Scottish islands and they stopped a local in the island of Lewis because they were lost. And the woman said, "Um, we're looking for this uh, little place called Bayach. We saw a sign for it a while back and we just can't seem to find it. And the local smiled and he said, are you sure it isn't the beach that you're looking for? Bayach, beach. Signs are important, but you have to be able to, uh, to read them correctly. And John, was a signpost to Christ. And we're to be a signpost to him as well in the ways that we live. We're to point others to him, as John did. Now, a sign that is pointing the wrong way is no use at all. The writing on it might be correct, but if it's fallen over or it's been turned the wrong way or it's spinning around in the breeze like a weather vane, then it's no use at all. It doesn't help you get where you need to go. And a sign that's dirty is much the same. If you're speeding past at 70 and there's so much muck on the sign that you can't actually read it, it's no use to you. The message it's giving isn't clear enough. If the writing on the sign is too small, then it's no use either. You're not going to be able to read Times New Roman 12 font from 50 yards away. You need to up the font size so people know what you're saying. If the sign's given out mixed messages, then folk are just going to get confused. They won't know what's being said and whether the sign can be trusted. And if the sign makes great boasts that it clearly isn't delivering on, then people will just shrug, write it off and pass on by. sign has a job to do and it needs to do it properly. And the key thing about a sign is that it's not there to draw attention to itself. The sign's only real job is to faithfully point the way to where people need to go. John isn't the Messiah and he knows it. His job is to point to the Messiah. John isn't the light and he knows it. His job is to witness to the light and share what he knows of the light. And we're called to be like John. We are not the Messiah. We can't fix people. But we can share about how the Messiah is helping to fix us. We are not the light. We can't illuminate people. And bring them to understanding. But we can share a little of how Christ's light came into our lives. And is helping us to live. We don't need huge, impressive, shiny stories. But we do need real ones. We can't give witness to what we don't know for ourselves. And if we haven't walked closely enough with Christ for him to have made any difference to our lives, then maybe that's a sign that we need to get closer to him and let him influence us and change us. You know, I think the world is yearning for some light to live by. There's a lot of darkness out there at the moment. And I think the world is beginning to yearn For some clear direction, people are more confused today than they've ever been, I think. We don't have to be Abraham or Sarah, Peter or Paul. We don't have to be Mary. We don't have to be John the Baptist to offer what the world is needing. We just have to be like them in our own small way. Witnesses and signposts to the light that has come into the world in Christ the light that is slowly but surely leading us into life in all its fullness. If we have that story in us, then we have something to share and it's something the world needs to hear. Who's it gonna hear it from if it's not you and me? Caroline Daniel is now going to lead us in our prayers for others.
2: Let us pray. Transforming God, whose light penetrates the darkness and whose love overcomes hate, we ask that you sustain us as we struggle to make your light visible in an angry and frightened world. Give us courage and strength when we are fearful and weak. Give us hope and forgiveness when we feel hopeless and angry, and guide us every step of the way as we walk toward the light. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would use us just as we are and with all the traits that make us unique to let your light shine through us. Thank you that you can use us whatever talents we have to point others to the light of Christ. Lord, with you there is no darkness, your character has no shadows, and you are pure and good. Yet in our broken world, we see so much darkness around us. Pain and sickness are in our community and in many of our homes. Bring your light and restoring presence to the dark places in our lives. Bring your hope to hearts that feel defeated. Bring your love and compassion to those in pain. Loving God, on this Mother's Day, we thank you for mums and children and for all the joy of family life. Be with those who are grieving because they have no mother. Be close to those who are struggling because they have no children. Be near to those who are sad because they are far apart from those they love. Let your love be present in every home and help your church to have eyes to see and ears to hear the needs of all who come. May your light of hope shine in the darkness for families today. Show us glimpses of your presence with us and the comfort you bring. In the business of today, help us to take a moment to be still and sit with you, to slow down, breathe deeply and release our burdens to your strong hand you are trustworthy good and true and we thank you for caring for us so deeply and beautifully open our eyes to see you at work today and show us your light almighty god as we give thanks for progress in combating the covid virus keep us mindful of those facing a continuing crisis in their work and income by your love and compassion, encourage us to reach out to those in need. Inspire us by the choices we make to shape a more equitable world where all enjoy the fruits of their labour, the most vulnerable are cared for, and your provision is shared so that none go in need. Especially we pray for those whose work is at risk and who face the possibility of unemployment, all who struggle to make ends meet especially when government support schemes end. Those experiencing mental illness for whatever reason. All who have responsibility for planning in government and business as we look to the future shape of the global economy. Wisdom to know how to reduce inequality and injustice and safeguard the environment. Health and social care workers and those involved with the vaccination programme our own minister, Paul, and all ministers and chaplains, as they reach out and offer God's love and support. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for signs of hope and new beginnings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We close our worship this morning in the well-known hymn, Shine, Jesus, Shine.
3: the darkness shining, Jesus, lights of the world shine upon us, set us free by the truth you now bring us shine. faces display your likeness ever changing from glory to glory
0: Go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.